This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budget, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow, all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increased their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. Head to NetSuite.com slash C-Suite for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. Okay, welcome to this month's Telecoaching Platinum Conference Call. Uh, Today's topic is going to be customer service the Disney way. And I want to give you a little background as to where this topic is coming from, and I want to give credit where credit is due. I read a book quite, uh, quite a while ago called Behind the Magic, or I believe it's called Behind the Magic, and it was about Disney and their business philosophies. And I was captivated by this book and how they were able to take all the business practices that Disney has and apply it to different people's businesses. And in the book, there was someone in the mortgage business. uh, There was someone from the banking industry. There was a guy that owned, I believe, a a service business, like a hair salon or I think it was like a carpet cleaning service. I can't remember exactly. Uh, But they talked about how the Disney principles that Disney uses in their business can be applied to any business out there. So this is going to be a little bit different of a telecoaching call. It's going to be more of a two-way street where I'm going to be asking you to write stuff down. I'm going to be asking you to uh, give you a little homework uh, to answer some questions because we're not going to have time on the call to do everything together. Uh, But we do want you uh, interacting in a way. Uh, We understand that everyone's muted, but... uh, interacting by writing down some of the answers to the questions that I pose to you. And it's going to be fun. Um, Disney, of course, everything about Disney is fun. But uh, grab a pen and paper right now, and uh, as you're grabbing that, I'll get started here in just a minute. Um, I looked into going to Disney or having Disney come out for training for my industry trade association. And they have Disney Institute does private coaching, and they do special seminars, but it's thousands, close to tens of thousands of dollars. It was far out of my reach. But what happened is the Disney Institute does a tour of different trainings. So you want to look for this in your city. Uh, Disney Institute, uh, I believe they call it the Disney Institute, Disney's approach to quality service, which is what we're going to cover today. They do one on people management, leadership excellence, brand loyalty, and inspiring creativity. And if there's anyone that knows how to do a lot of that stuff, it is Disney, of course. So they came to Albuquerque, which is where I live, of course, and uh, they had a seminar that was about 350 bucks, and it was worth every single penny. And if I had a chance to do it again, I would pay double that to go to the seminar. So I couldn't resist, and I went to it, and I really learned a lot. One of my vendors from California came out and actually went to the seminar with me, and he got a ton out of it, too. So I want to start with a quote. 
hope you got your pen and paper ready. You don't have to write down the whole quote, uh, but I want you to write down the key points here. So this was said by Walt Disney to his studio staff uh, in February of 1941. I knew that if this business was ever going to get anywhere, if this business was ever going to grow, it could never do so. It could never do it by having to answer to someone unsympathetic to its possibilities, by having to answer to someone with only one thought or interest, namely profits. For my idea of how to make profits has differed greatly from those who generally control businesses such, of our, such as ours. I have a blind faith in the policy that quality, tempered with good judgment and showmanship, will win out against all odds. I love that quote. It just talks about how he is different and he looks at his business differently. And let me tell you a bit more about Walt Disney. Um, he was a failure. Most people don't know that. He was fired by his editor at a newspaper. It was a comic news. He did the comic strips in the newspaper. And he was fired by the editor because he lacked imagination and had no good ideas. Yes, this is Walt Disney that we're talking about. At 22, year old, 22 years old, he was in Kansas City and went bankrupt when his cartoon strip failed. Decided to move to L.A. with his brother Roy, and he had $40 cash in his pocket, and they wanted to start Disneyland. Now, the original site for Disneyland was, was in Anaheim, and uh, they, they proposed it to the city, and the city of Anaheim said, nope, we don't want this kind of stuff here. They said, riffraff was the, was the exact quote by the city of Anaheim. Obviously, Disney does not attract riffraff, and they exceeded their, their goals. So I'm going to take uh, the next 45 minutes or so to talk about I mean, this was a seminar I got in a full-day, high-intensive training. So I'm going to take little bits of it out and share what I think is important and what my biggest takeaways were. So, again, I do want to give credit to the Disney Institute for giving this information to me. What I'm sharing with you today is going to be some of the information that I collected and how I took it and applied it to my business. And with that pen and paper that you've got in front of you, I want you to start trying to um, apply this stuff to your business. So let's cut to the chase and get it started. So Disney talks about creating a common purpose for your business. And the way that they do this is they talk about the wants that their guests desire. They talk about the need or the product that they deliver and to whom they are delivering their product. So first, the want or guests, I'm sorry, the want that their guests desire. So what do they create? So I want you to write down, we create blank. So what does your business create? Now, for those of you who don't know, I own a restaurant delivery service. We deliver takeout food from different restaurants that typically don't deliver we save people time. We make a convenient service where they can order food, sit on their couch in their PJs, just like Domino's, but have restaurant food delivered right to their door. So I filled this out for my business. So the want that our guest desires, I said we create convenience. So for your business, I want you to write down what it is that your business creates. Next is the need or the product that you deliver. So what is it? What is the need? What is the product that is that you deliver? So by providing blank. So we create blank by providing blank. So for my business there, I provide a food delivery service. Whatever your business is, you put it in your blank right there. So we create convenience by providing food delivery. And whatever it is for you, we create blank by providing blank. 
to whom we deliver our product. So for blank. So who is your target customer for the business that you have for the product or the service that you deliver? So your sheet should say, we create blank by providing blank for blank. Now, my four is offices, families, and business travelers. So whatever your ideal customer is or customers are, put in those blanks there. Okay, That's going to be the common purpose for our business. See, what's important is once you have a better understanding of who your customers are, what they want, and how they want products and services delivered, you'll develop a statement of this common purpose and it will support the level of service that your customers expect. So they asked us, what similarities do we have to Disney? And I thought about this to myself, and I said, well, Disney is not much like a food delivery service, so what the heck are they talking about? How, do, how am I going to have any similarities to Disney? So they asked us to think about it a little three-dimensionally and say, look, you've got similarities. You're a for-profit business, right? There's one. So if you're a for-profit business, there's one similarity. So I want you to write down with me some of the similarities that you have in your business to Disney. So some of the stuff that I came up with was people spend their disposable income on our business. That's certainly what Disney relies on, is people spending their disposable income. After they've paid the bills, the money they have left over, they want them to spend that on a Disney vacation. Disney's dependent on people. That's something that we're also dependent on. We're dependent on people for our business to, to strive. Uh, we are trying to create a unique experience. That's certainly what Disney does. They create a very unique experience. We are needing return business. We need people to come back over and over again. That's a similarity that we have with Disney. We provide exceptional service. Of course, Disney is very well known for providing exceptional service. Our employees need to be trained. Our, our driver contractors need to have orientation and know how to do their job. Well, Disney's got the same thing there. We rely on teamwork in our business. Disney obviously has teamwork. and They call them their cast. And we'll talk about that in a minute. Their cast, their staff members, all require teamwork to get the job done. So those are some of the similarities that my business has to Disney. So I want you to write down, as you're thinking here, some of the similarities that your business has to Disney. And Disney talks about why people are so important. Now, there's so many people, uh, so many businesses out there that have this philosophy that, well, what if we spend money on people and they leave? It's going to be wasted money and turnover, and turnover costs money. And this is just, it's going to cost us too much money. And if they leave, we're going to have to spend it all over again. But Disney takes an exact reverse approach to that. So Disney's approach is, what if we don't spend money on them and they stay? (laughs) I think it's a great philosophy because it really focuses on investing in your people. And obviously Walt Disney does not do every job at Disney World, Um, much like a lot of you don't do every single job. And if you're a solopreneur, you probably are. But I'm sure there's stuff that you're outsourcing. Um, But what if we don't spend money on our people and they stay? I thought that was a very cool way to look at it. So how do they define success? 
So many people think in terms of their, many organizations for that matter, think in terms of their value chain to understand their competitive advantage and define what success looks like. At Disney, they use what they refer to as the success formula. So this is another writer downer. So it's a three-part formula. It's a quality cast experience. Again, that's a quality cast experience plus a quality guest experience plus quality business practices equals the future of Disney. So a quality cast experience, their cast members are the people that were in charge with the responsibility of creating that quality guest experience and carrying out the business practices. As the Disney cast grows, it's more critical than ever that they recognize the importance of maintaining that quality cast experience, and they do. And they are the people, after all, that bring the success formula that we just stated to life. Now, there's no coincidence that that formula is in the order that I gave it to you. Cast, then guest, then business practices. First, you need the staff. You've got to have your cast. You've got to have good quality people, and they invest, they invest in their staff and their, guest, and their cast first. After you've got the staff, then you need the guest. And then once you have the guest, you need the processes that the staff can give the guest and experience. And obviously you need that guest to have the business practices. So cast, guest, business practices. So the guest experience is really why you're in business. Disney talks about it being imperative. They emphasize the fact that they're guest-driven. The guests are the central focus of everything they do, and they continually concentrate on exceeding the guests' expectations, not meeting them exceeding the guest's expectations, and we'll touch on that in a second. But remember, the guest is the central focus. Your customer is the central focus. That's why you're in business, and you want to exceed their expectations. And when we talk about the quality business practices, it talks about how we'll be successful in our businesses. So Disney strives to continually find new ways. They want to streamline, simplify, and add value. That's how they say they're successful for the long term. So with this balanced approach to quality, uh, if you look at Disney, throughout the life of their company, the business practices have evolved, they've changed from a small creative partnership at the beginning to now one of the most successful companies in the world. They focus on their success formula, and they're constantly reminded how critical it is to maintain the appropriate balance between all of these facets in their operation. And when I went through this seminar with them, you know, their goal was to for me to experience the evidence of this balanced approach while I was there, and I really did. Um, achieve, they did achieve that with me. I really enjoyed it. I, I got a ton of takeaways, and I can't stress enough. If you ever have a chance to go to a Disney Institute seminar, do it. Um, but the bottom line is happy people will equal a good business. So what is Disney's definition of quality service? So this is another writer-downer that we're going to ask you to write down some information. So this statement is going to be the definition of quality service. So blank guests' expectations by paying attention to blank. So a big blank, and then write guests' expectations by paying attention 
to now another blank. And the answers here are exceeding the guest's expectations by paying attention to details. Disney always talks about going the extra inch. Now, there's, there's a common cliche in many businesses where they talk about how we need to go the extra mile for our customer. And I'm guilty. I've said that myself, too. But a mile is such a long way. And the point that Disney makes is if you just go that extra inch, you don't need to go a foot or a mile. If you just go an extra inch for every single guest, every single client, every single patient, whatever it is that your business services, customers, if you go that extra inch, it's farther than most businesses are willing to go. An example in my food delivery business, when we deliver to a guest in a hotel, they're a business traveler. They're staying in town for one or two nights. They're not familiar with restaurants. They don't have anything in their in their room, really, so they order food. Our driver shows up. And ways that we go the extra inch are by offering them plates and utensils. They're obviously in a hotel room. They might not have that stuff. Another thing is if, let's say, they order a soda, um, the driver will often say, hey, you know, there's a there's some ice down the hall. Would you like me to grab some? make that soda a little colder for you. And nine times out of ten, the guest says no. Um, no, no, thank you. Not, that's no, not necessary. But the fact that we do that, we go that extra inch, really takes our service to the next level. And customers greatly appreciate that. And when you talk about paying attention to the details after you, you know, exceed your guest's expectations by paying attention to the details, think of all the details in Disney movies. If you've ever watched a Disney movie, um, it's incredible, the detail. If you haven't really noticed this before, just when you get home tonight or next time you get a chance, put on a Disney movie and look at all the details in the background. Uh, so so obsessed about details. And their their thing is, is if we don't do it, people will notice. If you visit the Disney parks, you'll notice that every cast member is picking up trash. Every single detail. They have these poles throughout all the Magic Kingdom, and they're painted in gold. And you'll never see a chip on those paint on those poles from that paint. And you know why? It's because they paint those every single morning. Now, certainly it's not the most cost-effective thing to do to paint these poles with gold paint with a fresh coat every single morning. But again, they think that if they don't do it, people will notice. And it's all about the details. So how in your business can you exceed your guests' expectations by paying attention the details. And Disney talks about whenever possible, take the customer out of reality, take them into another world with the service that you provide. And everyone's business is a little bit different, so there's different ways to think about this. But how do you take your customer, your client, your patient out of reality and into another world? Some examples I've, I've seen of this, um, there's, a, there's a knee surgeon up in Wisconsin that I met at a conference and his business is when you go into the waiting room and you're waiting for your examination to look at your knees, uh, for them to look at your knee or your elbow, whatever, uh, they have all different magazines on uh, po with positive, uplifting messages. They have books that are all positive, motivational books in the waiting room. You're never really left alone. There's someone friendly up there offering you a nice cup of tea or a cup of coffee or an ice water. Once you go back to get looked at, you've got someone with you at all times. You're not waiting on someone or sitting by yourself. The doctor sees you right away. As soon as the doctor is done with you, they says thank you. They go out the door. They give you a parting gift and thank you for coming in. Again, if you go into a typical doctor's office, that's not the experience you receive. 
that particular doctor has done a great job by taking the customer out of reality into another world with the service that he provides. And, and there's countless examples of this. So I could go on and on and on. So let's talk about the quality service model that Disney has in place. Now, during their whole training they do, Disney makes tons of references to compasses. Um, and I don't mean the compass that you draw a circle with. I mean a compass that's northwest, east, south. Um, the reason for that is they want to they want you to know that everything they do is leading you in a certain direction. So do me a favor right now, and on your paper, draw a compass, and uh, just draw the the uh, don't write in north, west, south, or east or anything like that. I'm going to give you some terms to write on there. So at the top of the compass, I want you to write the word guestology. Now, it's not a real word, but write down guestology. It's a word that Disney made up. And again, Disney does this because they believe that the model, the quality service model, points them in the right direction when providing guest service. And again, that right direction is strategically to exceed the expectations by providing that personalized service experience to each and every guest who visits one of the parks or resorts. So guestology is at the top. Pick one of the sides, west or east, and put integration. Oh, real quick, I jumped over the definition of guestology. Guestology is it's a made-up word. Like I said, it's the study of the people for whom we provide the service. The study of the people for whom we provide the service. The next one is going to be integration. Now, integration is really like the plan. So it's the alignment of all the components that ensure a seamless guest experience. Another point of the compass is going to be the delivery systems. Now, there are three different delivery systems. There's the cast, which are the employees. There's the setting which are the elements in the environment. And then there's the process. And the process, uh, the process is the systems and the mechanisms that deliver the guest experience. Those are the three things for delivery systems. And the fourth point of the compass is quality standards. Quality standards. And operating priorities, ensuring a consistent and high-quality guest service experience. So I'm going to focus on a couple of these. And first, I'm going to focus on the guestology piece. But uh, what's amazing about Disney is they know so much about their guests. They know where they are coming from, what state in the United States, what province in Canada, what country from around the world. They know their average party size. They know their length of stay. They know their frequency of visit, how often they're coming to the parks. They know their attraction utilization. That's one of their metrics is which attractions they're using and, and enjoying and, and using while they're at the park. They know what their per capita spending is. They know all this stuff. So they send surveys out to their, their guests after they've been to the park. Now, they don't do it the day they leave. They don't do it a week later. They actually wait 45 days. And the gentleman that were leading this seminar turned to us in the crowd and said, what is it about 45 days? Why is it that 45 days is the number that they wait for to send this survey out? 
and one person spoke up and got the answer correctly right away. It's because after 45 days, they've gotten back from their vacation and they've gotten their credit card bill. <laughs> so if they're still satisfied with their Disney experience after they've paid that big credit card bill, then they know that they've given them an unforgettable experience. I thought that was a very interesting way of putting it. Disney truly understands their guests, and they do form their business and their cast to those guests. So let's focus a little bit more on guestology. So I want you to draw another compass. So draw another compass for me. Now this time you are going to put N-W-E-S on the compass, just like north, west, east, south. And the uh, don't write out north, just put an N and a W for west, an E for east, and an S for south. So this particular compass is going to be called Understanding Your Guests. This is the guestology compass. So the N stands for the needs. So what are the needs of your guest? What are the needs they have for the product or the service that you offer? So for Disney, they need a vacation. Now, in my particular business, uh, the need that my customer has for restaurant delivery service is they're hungry. They need food. So write down on your paper what it is that your customer needs. The compass on the west side. And talk about wants. The W stands for wants. So what do they value? What is it that they want? So at Disney, it's fun. They want fun. They want service. In terms of my business, when I looked at this, I said, all right, well, what do they want? They want food right now. And they also want good service. So write down for your business, what are the wants for your customers? What do they value? Across the other side of the compass is the E for East. That E is going to stand for Emotions. Now, the emotions are people's perceptions. So what are people's perceptions? So for for uh, for Disney, there are uh, joy, happiness, are the emotions that people have for Disney, the perceptions. For my business, I, I thought that people's perception is satisfaction. Once they've received my service, they're like very satisfied. Didn't have to go anywhere. Food just arrived. So what what are the perceptions? What are the emotions that people feel when they utilize your product or service? And then on the bottom of the compass, the S stands for stereotypes. So there are two types of stereotypes. There's positive and there's negative. So for the positive stereotypes, for Disney, they're looking at the vacation of a lifetime. That's the stereotype that you get from Disney, the positive stereotype. For my business, the positive stereotype is convenience and variety. There's lots of different restaurant choices if they want Italian food, Thai food, Chinese food, Italian food, uh, already said Italian, sorry, sandwiches, pizza. They've got variety and the convenience of not having to go anywhere. Those are the positive stereotypes. So think about what the positive stereotypes are for your business. And now the negative stereotypes. So the negative stereotypes at Disney is it's far too expensive. The lines are really long for all the attractions. 
for my business, there's also a, a stereotype that we're expensive, even though we're not. Um, we don't upcharge the food at all, but the restaurants we work with are high-end restaurants. So people have this perception that um, the stereotype is that it's expensive or maybe it takes too long. So we've got to find ways that we can work on that. So, again, this, this call is being recorded. So for those of you who are listening live, um, you will be able to get access to this later and go back if you didn't have time to write all this stuff down. So don't worry if you didn't get everything written down. You can go back once you get the recording and go back and uh, fill in all these blanks correctly. So I want to give you some more examples from this compass to maybe to narrow it down and maybe give you some more real-world examples. So for needs, wants, stereotypes, and emotions. So let's just take an insurance agency, for instance. So their customers' needs is they need a life insurance policy. Their want or what do they value is they want a peace of mind. Now the stereotypes that come with this typically are, we well, never going to get your money back. Um, you're like a neighbor and who's, who is there when you need them. Uh, or you can, or the negative stereotype could be that it takes forever to get paid. Excuse me, it takes forever to get paid on a claim. And the emotions that are involved for a customer when working with an insurance agency, there's an uncertainty of whether you're covered when an emergency comes comes up. But the other emotions could be that relief when you discover that your claim will be covered. That's an insurance agency. Let's look at a car dealership. The needs, wants, stereotypes, and emotions. So a car dealership, uh, the need is you need transportation. That's what somebody needs when they go into a car dealership. Their wants are they want possibly status. They want possibly freedom. Most people want reliability in a car. Those are the wants. That's what they value. The stereotypes, well, the negative, of course, is the used car salesman. But positive stereotypes could be the dependability of having a new vehicle that's going to be there and be reliable. The emotions that come with with a customer, come to a customer at a car dealership, well, there's the excitement, of course, of buying the car. But there's also the buyer's remorse. Several days later, maybe I shouldn't have bought that car. Let's look at a financial institution. So the need is somebody walks in, they want a bank account. The want is that they want financial security. They want a return on their investment. The stereotypes are marble floors, wool suits, and Oxford shirts. There's banker's hours. But there could be long waits and lines at the tellers. That's one of the stereotypes that I don't like about going into my bank. The emotions, impatience over the long lines in the bank or at the drive-up teller. But there's also that excitement when you close a loan on your first home. So, again, you want to look at these needs, wants, stereotypes, and emotions and, and look at your customers and say, what are these for my business? Let's focus on another area of the compass right now. I want to focus on the delivery systems. And this has nothing to do with my food delivery. <laughs> um, the delivery systems for guest service. So there's three delivery systems that we mentioned. There's the cast, the setting, and the process. So when Disney service, I'm sorry, surveyed their guests, they said, what's most important to our guests? And the four main things they got is the guests want to be felt want to feel special. They want to be treated as an individual. They want to the staff to respect their children, and they want to have knowledgeable cast members that help them around the park. That was the the, the needs, uh, the the most important things to their guests. And I want to throw in a quote here real quick from Walt Disney. Um, he did say at Disney we soft pedal job titles 
and we feel that one activity is just as important as another. And if you've been to a Disney World, you'll truly understand that. So those four points that we said about what's important to their guests, what they found was when they surveyed their cast members as to what's important to them, they were pretty much the same thing. They were very much aligned. The cast member said, we want to be felt, we want to feel special. We want to be treated as an individual. We want you to respect me. So in this case, it's not respect my children, it's respect me. And we want to be knowledgeable. They want, they want to be developed as an employee. So you can use the guestology to know and understand your cast members, respond to their individual needs, wants, stereotypes, and emotions, and then you can measure the cast satisfaction by asking why and then take the appropriate action. So they always talk about, you know, there's two kind of experiences that a, a, uh, a guest is going to receive, and it's up to the cast member to ensure that they get the good experience, which is making it magic, because the converse of that is making it tragic. So Disney talks about how do we make it magic instead of tragic. So they talk about establishing the common purpose for, for their cast, um, again, going through the wants that the guests desire, the needs of the products that they deliver, and to whom we deliver their product. And we, we talked about that a little earlier. What's cool about Disney is every cast member will be picking up trash. Every cast member picks up or answers questions. In the book that I had read about Disney, they talked about how the the, uh, the tour guide that took him around Disney was walking around and obviously was a high-level employee, but when, as soon as he saw a piece of trash on the ground, he was reaching down and picking it up throwing it in the trash. It's every cast member's job. No matter how high or low they are on the totem pole, there's there's really no such thing as a totem pole. When they are on stage, which means whenever they come out of the dressing room and they're now in the park, they are on stage. And every single person's job is to keep the park clean and to help the guests. Remember, a central focus on the guests. You want to try to get your people, which is your cast, to internalize their job. Talk about what their purpose is, what the company's purpose is, not what that individual person's task is. I gave this example at a, uh, a, a speech I gave recently called Being an Entrepreneurial CEO, and there's a story of a guy named Joe Sulzer. He was a janitor at NASA, and a young child was walking around NASA. This was in the 60s before they'd first landed on the moon. And a child went up to Joe and was saying, "Hey, what's what's your job here?" And the kid's son was right, or sorry, the kid's father was right uh, right behind him. Came over and said, "Don't don't bother the nice man." And Joe said, "Oh, no problem. It's okay." He's like, "You want you want to know what my job is?" He's like, "My job is to put a man on the moon." And that was a really cool example of a cast member knowing what the purpose was. Why was everyone doing this? And it was the goal was to put the man on the moon. And that was every cast member in this in NASA's case, it was the janitors, the engineers, the CEOs, everybody. The purpose was to put a man on the moon. The task was to clean the floors. The purpose was to put a man on the moon. How are we gonna do that? Well by keeping a clean, safe environment for everyone around. That was his role to achieve that purpose. And one thing Disney also talks about is treating the cat as a guest, because again, we talked about the cast, your people being the most important part of your business. And if you remember what we discussed earlier in the uh, the quality 
formula. It was quality cast experience came first, then a quality guest experience, and quality business practices. Invest in your people. Invest in your culture. The second delivery system for guest service is the setting. So what is the setting? Now, people can feel perception. That was said by the, the one of the, the facilitators of the Disney seminar. People can feel that perception. So a setting could be a number of things. It could be the office you work in. It could be the store you conduct business in, the sales floor or the showroom. It could be your website. It could be a public place, a coffee shop or an auditorium. Determine what the setting is for your business. I'm going to ask you some questions, and we don't have time to write down and report on them right now, but this is this is part of your homework assignment is write down this these questions and you're going to need to be uh to to answer them at some point to help you with your business. So consider the messages that your your that your organization is currently sending um through the setting. So what messages is your setting sending whether it's your website? You know, I looked at my website and said there's not enough of a feel of food in it. That's the setting that most of my customers get. Um that they receive their experiences through the website. In your case, it might be the office, it might be your uh, prescription room, or whatever it is that, that, that where you conduct your business. What is the message that your setting is sending, and what messages would you like to send that are not being delivered in your setting? So, what messages is your setting sending to your customers, and? What messages would you like to send that are not being delivered? So, again, don't write down the answer now. This isn't a homework assignment. Half that. Second question is, what are the elements of your organization's setting currently guiding the customer's experience? Sorry. What elements of your organization's setting currently guide the customer experience? So how are you guiding them? through their experience in your setting? And what elements can you add or change within your setting to better guide your customer's experience? So I'll say it again so you can write it down. What elements of your organization's setting currently guide the customer experience? And what elements can you add or change within your setting to better guide your customer's experience? third question is going to be, and this this one was uh, a tough one for me, was what sensory elements do you currently employ in your setting? Now, if you have a physical setting, this is a lot easier to do. You know, I would love for a customer to go on my website and be able to look at chicken parmesan and, and have the smell of a chicken parmesan come through the hard drive. That's obviously not going to work um, yet. I'm sure technology will make that available at one point. But what sensory elements do you have in your setting that can enhance the customer service experience? So how can you appeal to their senses, their sight, their sounds, the smells? And the fourth question is going to be, if you were giving a backstage tour of your operation, what would you see? So if you were giving a backstage tour of your business, what would you see? So what would you be proud of? What would you want to change? And if you don't have a physical backstage, 
what considerations do you need to take into account to ensure that on stage becomes a mindset with your team? So if you're given a backstage tour, what would you see? So that's some of your homework assignment. <laughs> so the third delivery system for guest service is going to be process. Or in England, where I come from, would be process. So pick a process in your business that you think you can improve. When they asked me to do this, I talked about the actual delivery experience when the driver arrives at the door. So pick a common process in your business that you think that you could improve. Now you want to align that process with your guestology. So you want to write down, so under this question I want you to write down current, state, and then underneath that put A, B, C, and D. So A is the needs. Again, we're going off the guestology compass here. So A is the needs. B is the wants, C is the stereotypes, and D is the emotions. So that's under current state. And then underneath that, I want you to write ideal future state. And again, A, B, C, and D, and the same ones. A is B is wants, C is stereotypes, and D is emotions. And again, for those of you listening live, if uh, you do miss some of this. I know you're muted right now, but if you do miss some of this, this is recorded and you can go back and uh, rewind this to make sure you get everything written down correctly. And you want to describe what the desired outcomes are in terms of balancing your team or your cast, balancing the customer, and balancing the business. So find that process, align it with the guestology, and then figure out what your desired outcomes are in terms of balancing the team, the customer, and the business. Now, right before we close out here, I my favorite analogy of the day that I got from this seminar, it's called the 3 p.m. question. So there's, there's two most commonly asked questions in the Disney parks that cast members have to deal with every single time. Now, the number one question is, where are the bathrooms? That's the number one question that they get asked is, where are the bathrooms? The second question that's asked the most often is, what time does the 3 p.m. parade start? Sounds kind of self-explanatory, but if you've been wheeling around the kids in a stroller all day long, and you've been up since 7 o'clock, and the kids are so excited to be at Disney, and they're going around, and you get to about 2 o'clock, and you are just out of it. And then you lean over your stroller, look up at the cast room, and I'm sorry, what time does the 3 o'clock parade start? So when you hear that question, it's very easy to say, well, duh, 3 o'clock. But if you give that answer, is that really going to exceed the guest's expectations? They may have asked that question because they were a little tired, but they don't want to hear, well, duh, 3 o'clock. So most, most, most people, most cast members will answer, well, the parade is on the the main street over there, it's best to stand in the shaded area in front of the gift shop. That's where I recommend you stand. And the best time to get out there is about 2.30, 2.45. So we still answered the question. We just gave them a more detailed response and let them know to be there by 2.45 so they can be there for the 3 o'clock start time. If you just answered 3 o'clock and made the guests feel a little silly for asking that question, 
it's quite a, a different feeling that the guest has if you answer with, well, it's on the main street, stand in the shaded area by the gift shop, and the best time to get out there is about 2.30, 2.45. So I ask myself, what is what is the 3 o'clock question in my business? And, and for our business, the the food delivery, we get probably three or four calls a day where people say, do you guys deliver? And, of course, my natural reaction is, well, yes, we're a restaurant delivery service. But then you think about it, and like, how does that make the guest feel? It's kind of like, a, well, duh, we're a restaurant delivery service. So we find different ways to ask it. When they ask, do you guys deliver? Oh, yeah, well, actually, we deliver from uh, 55 different restaurants. You can have a variety of different foods delivered to you, whether it's Italian food, Thai food, Indian food. Uh, you can have it all. We've got a nice variety, and uh, we'd love to help you get your order in here. So what's the 3 p.m. question in your business? Think about that. Write that down. What's the 3 p.m. question in your business? So, again, I want to read that quote that I read at the beginning of, of this call, and I want you to really listen to it again. Remember, this is from Walt Disney. He was a failure. He was fired at 22. He uh, lacked creativity, lacked imagination, had no good ideas, and moved to Los Angeles with $40 cash. And, again, in February of 1941, he told the studio staff, I knew that if this business was ever going to get anywhere, if this business was ever going to grow, it could never do it by having to answer to someone unsympathetic to its possibilities, by having to answer someone with only one thought or interest, namely profits. For my idea of how to make profits has differed greatly from those who generally control businesses such as ours. I have a blind faith in the policy and showmanship will win out against all odds. And he really stuck to that throughout his years in running Walt Disney. And Michael Eisner took over a little bit later, and they have a current CEO now that's really practicing what he preached. So, again, I tried to fit as much as I could into this short call. Uh, if you do have questions, we are about out of time. You can email them to me, and I'll be glad to answer them. You can send your questions to info, I-N-F-O, at smallbizselect.com. It's S-M-A-L-L-B-I-Z-S-E-L-E-C-T. Com. That's info at smallbizselect.com, and I wish you a profitable rest of the month. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>